We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, happy Friday. I am back from vacation with my family. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you guys for for covering while I was gone. Oh, yeah, Uh, absolutely. We had some fun. We were away. My son's spring break was happening, and so we flew off. And we actually did the L.A. tour because he was born in L.A., and we left L.A. when he was six. We went back to L.A. because he's nine now. Just kind of give him a frame of reference. when he was... Six months old. Six months old. Six months old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not six years. Sorry, Leffany was six months old. So he has no, like, of his own memory. So we just took him to all the. So there's another thing about it. Lived in LA for 14 years, went back and just played tourist. That must have been just. I don't remember the last time I've done that. So we did everything. It's funny, locals the, don't do their own yeah. cool thing. They have to go to another city. We did city. the Hollywood and Highland, and we did, did you, really? you know, Peterson Automotive Museum. We did nice. La Brea Tar Pits, which you know, he, he loved because he's that a science geek, too, which is fun. You know, we did so many little things. We did Universal Studios, which had, of course, the whole Harry Potter thing, and, and it was just a whole right. thing. Nice. We had so much fun. We actually, as a family, had so much fun. It was very cool. Of course, really? you know, L.A. Is, is car central, so I got to see lots of cars while I was there and think about cars. And I did hear the podcast with you and Chance. You guys did great. <laughs> Thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we had fun, and uh, you know, if you had comments you wanted to interject, then well, you couldn't. So. Exactly, exactly right. I listened, and was like, darn it. Anyway, but I, I came back, so I was back today. It was first day back, and I was doing that, you know, back into life, right? Yeah, right. I was doing that uh, walk the dogs thing because we have two dogs now, and I would just walk the dogs with my son. We're walking they must the dogs. Have been we're freaked doing the out of the brain to have you home. Yeah, they were so excited, and I walked by one of my neighbors, and I don't know if you've met him, but his name's Gary. Anyway, my neighbor two doors down. All right. Okay. This neighbor is the opposite of me. I had had a funny car-related experience with this neighbor because this guy, I'm not kidding you when I say this, he lives in a house he built. Oh, yes. Okay? Yes, yes. In his yard is a tractor that he uses regularly to move snow. His primary car is a Dodge uh, Power Wagon. His wife's primary <laughs> car is a lifted four-door Jeep. Seriously. Okay. okay I, yeah, I am, I, I know I am this, not. This guy's the Marlboro man, honestly. The, I am not this guy. Okay, the dogs. I have dogs. The dogs they own. They're they're bigger than people. Okay, they're like 150 pound monster dogs. Is he the kind of guy on his two week vacation he would just like build a boat? Probably that kind of a guy. Like I think I'll just build a boat and weld it up and make a boat. Yeah. So he's he's far cooler than I am. He's far far more man than I am. But anyway, so this is and and incredibly nice neighbors. Please don't get me wrong. So I'm coming back with my dogs, both of which, you know, are normal dog-sized. And he's walking his bear of a beast, right, going the other course, direction. Course and I said is. hello to him. We're friendly. We're nice. They're very nice people. And we just, you know, exchange niceties and all that kind of stuff. And we're walking along. And right after we passed, he goes, hey, where's your sports car? I'm looking forward to you getting it out. I, I miss seeing that thing. <laughs> and you could have knocked me over. I was like, "You? I figured you were laughing at that car. He was like, that car is awesome. He's, that really? thing is so cool. And I was, it's like, I haven't seen it for long. I was like, yeah, because, you know, snow. So I, I couldn't believe that it even made an impact on my neighbor that I thought was far too cool for sports cars. So they, they mattered all of us. That's my point. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, we've got a great podcast for everyone I want to start off with a public service announcement, though. Before we get to some show business, I want to just start off right away from a fan of the show. Jordan Stone has written to us, and he's been looking for a car for a while. He's been following the platform since 2010. Jordan, thank you so much. And you and I have communicated via email because he wrote in a debate, and I was looking at his email a while back, and he said he's 26, he's got the disease, 
He was perusing Caymans, and he mm-hmm. found a red 2007 Porsche Cayman S, manual, mm-hmm. 36,000 miles, mm-hmm. listed for $16,000. Hmm. And this is under the category of, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, it's one of those best deals ever. Where did this come from? I hear you. Yeah. And so he wrote to us, and he said, well, he contacted the owner because... Why wouldn't you? Because you're going to contact that owner. I get that, yeah. And he said the owner provided pictures, maintenance history, the VIN number immediately. They've spoken on the phone. But the owner lives in Poland. Ah. So the owner brought the car with him to the States, to the United States, but he's still in Poland. He apparently didn't realize that he was subject to some sort of heavy tax per year because of the car. And so that's why... He was going to, well, actually, the car is still in Poland. So he's going to ship the car, have a broker negotiate. So a few red flags We're start popping up. We're starting to get up. layers and layers of stuff. Yeah. I see What's that. interesting is no money or bank or card information was asked for up front, which is the usual sign of a scam. Yeah. 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 He's providing all the documentation and would let Jordan have an independent mechanic, have a thorough go through. And, and I wrote back and I said, yeah, we, I mean, it. Sounds pretty awesome. Hope it's not a scam. Mm-hmm. Make sure, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the car with a mechanic and it's once over and you've got yeah, the car and yeah. don't release any funds until you get the car, okay? And so some time has passed and he wrote back and turns out it is a scam. Uh-oh. But what had happened here, and this is, I, I hadn't heard of this yet. It's something new going around. He had, he had uh, Jordan had kept up the contact because okay. he was thinking, yeah. all right, it sounds pretty good. I mean... Sounds like the best deal ever. Yeah. yeah we're, I mean, he had he had a Carfax. He had everything yeah. about the car. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the car is legitimate. It's just when he sent the link for the shipping information, that link contained a Trojan that Uh-oh. would be, oh, once Jordan clicked on it, would be opened, of course, on his laptop, and that searches for bank information. Ooh. And so he's done some more digging on Reddit, found that this indeed is going around. If you have not heard of this yet, this is kind of the latest thing. I had not heard of this because usually Mm. people ask and they're kind of blatant about it. And everybody's kind of going, yeah, that's a scam. But this one, it was malware. It's it's a Trojan. It's a Trojan. Essentially, yeah, Yeah, it wasn't malware. It was Trojan built into the shipping link. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. when he clicked on it, that's when it starts, unbeknownst to him, checking everything. And so Jordan's... Antivirus software caught it, fortunately. This is what's going on. So, Jordan, thank you for letting me put that out there as a public service announcement to all of our car community, all of our fans. Interesting. It is too good to be true. I mean, <laughs> so be unless... <laughs> careful. Of, be careful of gorgeous cars out of the Eastern Bloc yeah. that they're really trying to get rid of, or yeah. anywhere. This could happen yeah, anywhere. Fair, the car fair, could fair. be in the states. It could mm-hmm. be anywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, if it just again, if it sounds too good to be true, there's multiple layers you've got to go through. But again, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a level of trust, and I, I hate that this is where we're at, unfortunately, but uh, that's what happened. So fortunately, Jordan was not taken. There was no nothing scammed, but he did run into this, and hmm. it turns out the car exists. The owner owns the car. He's just using this as using it as a know, fishing tool. The fishing tool, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. I'm glad that didn't latest. happen to you, Jordan. I mean, it happened but didn't happen, if you know what I mean. I'm glad exactly. that that was the case. Uh, thank you guys for being with us, as always. Uh, somebody was asking me recently about um, – actually, there was a comment tonight. Hang on. i, I got to find this. Somebody made the comment where they said that uh, Motor Trend cable channel is now available on YouTube TV. J.R. Schultz on Instagram said mm. that, which is very cool. It keeps showing up places. You've heard the Motor Trend news. They are now absorbing – 
uh, all of the back seasons <laughs> yeah. of Top Gear UK yeah. onto the Motor Trend app. And you and I were talking about this. This is an interesting bit of news. You and I were talking about this because it's at first blush seems like a coup. But I don't think it is. For Discover, you're talking. For, for Motor Trend, it's like, how did you right. guys pull that up? But I don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it is at all. Okay. But here's yeah. why. Motor Trend was bought by Discovery. Okay? Discovery is a big player, obviously. I please think not the planet's biggest cable provider, I think. Please, please don't get me wrong. But, you know, because we benefit, obviously, as being independent producers under the Discovery banner on the Motor Trend cable channel. But right, here, right. here's the behind-the-scenes thing. It seems like, wow, how did Motor Trend pull that off? I think, and I, don't, I genuinely don't know. I'm speculating entirely here. But I think it is due entirely to the Discovery connection. Because historically, over the last 10, 10 to 20 years, Discovery and BBC are practically uh, sibling channels. Mm-hmm. One will make a, a piece of content and it only plays on the other one and vice versa. So I think what's happened here is that now that Discovery owns Motor Trend, BBC has a way to get all of the back catalog of Top Gear out there on a controlled app that they can control so it doesn't have to be on an Amazon or a Netflix or a whatever. I think this is a all-in-the-family deal. I don't mm. think this is a coup for Motor Trend. I think mm. Motor Trend just happens to have the app to push it out. But it is interesting because now if you want to get all your back episodes of Top Gear UK, the original with those three guys, it's now going to be only through the Motor Trend app. And again, I think it's Discovery's uh, big mm. big reach here that's making it So happen. less about money changing hands and more I, of just a, a finagling of – I think it's all in the family. What content is being – Ported to where, right? so that Discovery yeah. isn't having to go through a Netflix or an Amazon and take a cut and all that. I, I think that's what's going on. But then the other bit of news is supposedly they're going to do, uh, supposedly, Top Gear UK. I mean, Top Gear US or USA or Top Gear America, whatever they decide to call it. Now, <laughs> Top Gear Yanks. I mean, they're going to have to come up oh, with another no. version so we know it because it was Top Gear America when it was on History. It was yes, and then it was Top Gear USA for one season with William Fickner. And mm-hmm. Tom Ford is a great writer from uh, from Top Gear magazine. Great writer, right? Right. And oh, I'm forgetting the Antron third guy. Antron Brown, thank you, drag thank racer. you. Antron Brown, the drag racer, was the other yeah. one. So that was the the Top Gear USA version. Yeah. So what are they going to call it now? But apparently they're going to try to resurrect that again on Motor Trend. I don't know if that the unclear part is is that going to be only on the app or is that going to be on the cable channel? I think that is TBD. But that means they've got to cast that and put that together. I think that is an uphill battle based on what's happened with that branding so far, but it is yeah. all now a motor trend world, which is kind of fascinating. It's it's amazing. I mean, there's so many changes going on, not not to mention just the general network, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know, everybody coming out with an app, but mm-hmm. I I kind of I mean, now now we know why season 26 of Top Gear UK never showed up on Amazon because it's yeah, all the, gone now. The last Matt LeBlanc one, yeah, yeah. We'll have to see what happens if you've mm-hmm. paid for content already. If you've bought episodes, mm. will those be yanked and they're just gone, That's or a do, good they, question. do they I'll remain piecemeal? Yeah. Remains to be seen. But I think there's been so many host turnovers. Even though Top Gear UK has experienced host turnovers, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, there's been too many for Top Gear US now, mm-hmm. and I, I think it. Every every one of us is pretty savvy to car content and being genuine rather than scripted and you know all these kinds of it's things. Hard. It's difficult, and you know coming across is it's in the category of all right. So you cast that person. Are they are they a true car gal or car guy? Or are they 
are they real enthusiasts or did you, did mm. you just cast them because you see the they had a long meeting. football career and you know <laughs> they're they're been on a talk show or something you know what i mean yeah. It, yeah. it's going to feel pretty heavy-handed so all of us are going to be i think watching needing that to be I don't know, two times better, three times better. And there's more question. scrutiny on that question. rather than, hey, we just thought we'd come up with a Top Gear UK version in America. They've gone through so many hosts. Yeah. Now. It's, we're all going to be scrutinizing that and putting it even more under the limelight of, mm. you know, well, it's got to accomplish this and this and this, and it's got to have its own voice and it's got to be its own yeah, original okay. thing rather than just the playbook of, all right, so we need a Dodge Viper versus a helicopter. And um, <laughs> let's see, the recipe says we need a pro driver. And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the standard formulaic kind of thing. Interesting. I'm very curious. I mean, you may be right. We may come in too cynically to whatever, <laughs> that, whatever that, resurrection right. it that is. Might be be too cynical. I, but no, I'm but, not but no, but I take be, your point. I think that there there is that there's just scrutiny on this. The, the audience is coming in and going, impress me in a yeah. way that we wouldn't be yeah. if it was coming in clean. I don't know about that. All of this is very interesting. And how this I bring this up because how this affects us on the Motor Trend Cable channel, I don't know. I have no idea. Right <laughs> now, know. we remain independent producers on Motor Trend Cable Channel. We are shooting right now for season five that is scheduled for third quarter, so that is first week of mm-hmm. July. I just had a um, scary reality of <laughs> post-production that came to me this week. Why um, are we always coming down to this? Well, because it's just oh because there's so much going on. And, and please, don't get me wrong. There's so much going on right now that it all kind of goes, oh, my gosh, that's got to happen, too. So we are actually in the middle of season five, which is very exciting. And we're already talking. I'm not kidding. We're already talking about putting shoots on the calendar for season six. Which frightens me, Which is January of 2020. So all of this is happening. But if you're curious, none of this changes the fact that right now, seasons one through four are all available on Amazon Prime. Now I'm going to try to clarify again. Amazon Prime is a streaming platform available to you (laughs) via Amazon. It does not mean everything on there is free. Right. Our older seasons are free. Our newer seasons, just like a new movie or a new TV show, are not free. Eventually, when they become old enough, they become free on Prime. Right. The questions will continue. I'm going to try to keep clarifying. It's it's a whole weird quagmire of content. But the point is, it's all available on Amazon. And if you're not in the U.S. or U.K., you can get it all right now on Vimeo. Many of you have been. You've been responding. You've been giving ratings, reviews. We love that. Thank you for engaging with it. None of that has changed. I wanted you to know that in spite of all this weirdness circling around the Motor Trend world, all of that's the same. Exactly. We've got our focus. And by the way, many of you have rate and reviewed already. Season four, I've seen IMDb and Amazon. Thank you for that. And as you guys consume the content, we've been talking about it airing on the cable channel forever now. Well, at least 13 weeks. We'd love to hear your feedback. So if you would do us a favor, go ahead and rate and review that as well because it it definitely helps. So you've got to use the drop-down menu and choose per season because the ratings or reviews are not just the overall show, but they go per season as well. So it's interesting because there's, you know, we we try to provide a variety of things in there that appeal from, you know, shopping all the way to entertainment and just some fun stuff we hadn't driven yet. But, you know, that's what we're looking for. So go ahead and rate and review that. And by the way, speaking of Amazon, we have a new item on our Amazon store. So go to everydaydriver.com, click the store tab, you will find the Everyday Driver American Original Movie Poster. We are making available 50 copies, autographed and personalized by both Todd and I. And then something new that we've been talking about just for a couple weeks right now is on our Patreon page. Yeah. 
you get to join the Discord forum, the Discord platform. Which is pretty cool. I have to say, I keep yeah. jumping on there and being astounded by how much has happened on Discord since the last time I was there. It's a thing. It is. It is a thing. It's very cool. And what I'm loving happening is, you know, you and I have talked about the, I guess, how awesome our audience is. Yeah. And, and the maturity level, I would say. And it doesn't, it's not connected to age either. No, it's, no, no. I mean, we all. have 13, 14, 17-year-olds all the way to 60, 70-year-olds. Sure, sure, but sure. But everybody's really cool to each other on this Sur- platform. Surprisingly cordial. Yeah, I, I mean, we're especially... not evolving into calling each other names on the platform. And, and this, not, is, this is not an encouragement great. to do so, by the way. No, I'm, I'm saying this has been an observation. People are noticing. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And we can disagree but still learn from each other. And that's what I'm loving about the platform. Yeah. So thank you all who are on there and creating you know something that's beyond Todd and I and you guys are making friendships it's very and it very much is you know hey these are your car pals Mm -hmm. and you people are like I said building friendships already planning meetups and rides and get togethers and drives and all this stuff it's awesome and so thank you guys for being on there so therefore all that said is on Patreon, when you sign up at actually any level, you get access to this new Discord yes. forum. If you are a patron of and you're any part of the kind, you're part on there. Many of you have, have jumped and added, added yourselves to that, which we really appreciate. And it has become, we joked about it last time, last time I was on, that some of you have said we were your only car friends, and now you have others, which is, yeah. uh, honestly, I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> I think Worldwide, it's great. too. Yes, I will add. you're absolutely right. You're Worldwide, absolutely right. Yeah. which is pretty awesome. So thank you again to all of you. Guys, we've got an excellent podcast teed up here for you. We've got Jeremy in Tampa, Florida, whose mind is blown after listening to the podcast and realizing you can own a fun car. It's not until you, until the wheels fall off and keep your car forever. It's it's about emotion and passion. And so he's looking for help for his his Florida travels, his Florida commute. Yes. And then we've also uh, who else do we have? We've got Patsy in L.A. Mm-hmm. He's an enthusiast, an admitted cheapskate, a future homeowner, and by the way, he's a musical instrument designer and builder. Yes. And it all ties in because our first podcast, we've got Jeremy, who's picked up a new hobby, which is guitar. Look at you, Did you see the through line? I, I didn't, I didn't, but now I do. You always have a through line that I, I, that I don't necessarily see. We also have so many great questions. We'll get to those uh, near the end. Some of them made me laugh, but I definitely want to get to those for sure. But let's start with, uh, with Jeremy in Florida, and uh, he... <laughs> Yes, you've narrowed your choices down to Miata, but then you realized, <laughs> wait a minute, um, there's a lot of cars out there. You, you've thought maybe you should actually get a fun car, and then you started listening to us, and you watched our, our four, you, you were looking for a Miata, you watched our four generations of Miata piece on YouTube. Then you watched more of our stuff and decided that created a more of a problem. Because now you went, <laughs> there's other good cars. So now exactly. we're shopping fun for the first time, fun for fun's sake. Exactly. All right, so he is paralyzed by his analysis everywhere. So he needs help. His daily for the last six years, he said, is an 05 F-350 crew cab Ford Super Duty. This is actually the truck that my sister and brother-in-law own. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. I've towed boats mm-hmm. with this thing. It's, yeah. it's huge. Lariat trim, Triton V10. <laughs> Your comment is, a gas mileage is clearly not a high priority for me. <laughs> He's got another car in the driveway. It's a 2015 Honda Odyssey. He's got four kids, who, two who are grown and in college and working, and two more who are younger, younger than 10 years old. So the van's not going anywhere. According no, to his wife, the no, van no. stays. He still likes the truck and its on-road presence, but... Being uh, he's from Ohio and all these, uh, you know, winters with lots of salt in Ohio, we know what that's like living in um, the state with the Great Salt Lake. Yes. All right. So 
His wife says the truck needs to go for a more enjoyable vehicle. <laughs> That's a long list, isn't it? Okay. I mean, if we're, if we're chasing driving fun, I mean, that is a driving house and, a, and obviously utility vehicle, and you can tow your house down the block if you need to. <laughs> but driving fun probably isn't the case. So, so we've got a there's there's a big margin there. Yeah, no kidding. Well, he he's indicated he bought a first gen Toyota 4Runner modded exclusively for hardcore trails and off roading. Okay, I don't know. There's a lot of that in Florida. And there was a lot of swampy land. Yeah, don't you actually need one of those swamp uh, boats? Yeah, you need the, if you're the air really boats. Get crazy, you need an air boat. Yeah. All right. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, we'll devolve into that later. All right. So he says, work and life is leading, leaving very little time for all these off-road trips that he's dreaming about. So he's looking for something that is essentially a sports car. He's never owned one, mm-hmm. and he likes luxury items. And by the way, I take issue with your comment. You like luxury items. Seat heaters are awesome. Don't you live in Florida? Am I am I off base here? Am I am I is that taboo to talk about? You live in Florida and you need seat well, heaters. It's people that have written to us and said I'm in Florida but I must have all wheel drive and <laughs> I'm going too. what part of Florida are you in? <laughs> I is, think, is that the mountain region of Florida? Is Jeremy, that northern Florida? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, anyway. Jeremy, I think you were just using that as a hypothetical and as, as an example maybe. Yeah. In the past Rather I've enjoyed than, seat heaters. Currently actually, in Miami I don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that button's clustered. Collecting dust. Yeah, right seriously. Now. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so he's all in for a budget of twenty-eight to thirty grand, and he's loving the Miatas, as we've talked about. The Focus ST. He's not into actually quite a few cars. He's eliminated BMWs, Camaros, Challengers, Mustangs, and the Civic and Volkswagens of the world because mm-hmm. you know two boy racer. But he is open to things like you know the eighty-six, the Corvette, mm-hmm. Hyundai Genesis Coupe, Boxsters, Caymans, something like that. But this started as I think I'd like a convertible. Maybe I should get a Miata. Mm-hmm. It, we started there. I mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. honestly. I love Jeremy that you have branched out and gone. Huh? There's a lot of cool cars out there. I think it's interesting some of the things you've taken off your list. I'm going to respect that. <laughs> I'm going to respect it. And I want it out of no, there. but I want to walk through the ones you brought up. Look, look. I think you, you said you prefer the BRZ over the uh, the 86 because of more interior options. Here in the U.S., you're right. Now, um, overseas, you can get the Toyota products with the base or the premium interior, which is what the BRZ offers you. Most people get the premium interior on the BRZ. We're talking push button start and uh, dual climate controls, and it's it's minimal changes, but they are technological advancements over the dials that you've that have been here with since the '80s. I mean, look, I'll say it as a guy that, that owned it, so I get it. But um, so I think yes, I think you'd be very happy with the BRZ, but you don't have that convertible reality. I keep thinking you're in Florida, you're considering convertibles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm the guy that keeps saying get the 86 platform, but I don't know here for you because it's not a convertible. Are we locked into convertibles? Is that, I feel like that's where we started. That's the thing that gave him the bug and we're Mm -hmm. in Florida. So I kind of feel like let's, here's the thing I would actually say to you, Jeremy, don't get, if you're going to get a vet and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, if you're going to get a vet, don't get a convertible vet, but get one that has the lift out uh, Targa roof. I think those are mm-hmm. better than the convertible. But even in that case, you've got a removable roof. The other thing that he is adamant about is manual transmission. So Phenomenal. No, we're talking about true convertibles. fun cars. I mean, we are. We're talking the Boxsters and Caymans. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, I, I love a Boxster for you. I think you'd really love a Boxster. I, I say go chase one. Go drive one. That is definitely fitting in the sports car category for you. You've mentioned some of these others, and I, I want to put them out there because I think you and I are not really into convertibles. 
I mean, not as much. No, not as much. I do appreciate them. Mm-hmm. I just they're not my first choice. They're yeah. not what I gravitate Agreed. towards. Agreed. So when I was coming up with my list for, of sports cars, I came up with a couple others that are for for your consideration. Okay, you can okay. throw them out, but. Jeremy, you've thrown out BMW. I'm thinking Z3s and Z4s. Those are in the sweet spot too, but mm, yeah. You know, but he's I, removed them, yeah. I take your point. No BMWs? Oh, okay. I mean, you take care of them and they'll be just fine. And in Florida, I think they'll be honestly just yeah. fine. So okay. if you're open to a slight reconsideration, I think mm-hmm. you can find something Z4 something would be I think you'd enjoy it. Really. Even with the hard top. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it probably does have seat heaters just just in case. You won't need them, but but you know, that one yeah. random day in Florida when it's 45 and you think, ooh, burr. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking around. Uh, you've also eliminated the Civics, by the way, yeah. as I mentioned before. So I was looking at a 2017 Accord Coupe. Okay. All Manual right. transmission. Is that fun enough? We're going to get a fun car, though. It's not. It's not. I found one for 22 grand, but then I okay. thought, you know, 2019 Hyundai Veloster N is now on sale. True, true, it true. It is not a convertible. It's not. However. It does have three doors, though. It's, it's <laughs> you have a cool solid, and funky. You have a solid top at an odd number of doors. Try to do that anywhere else. <laughs> Get, best saying. of luck. Yeah. Look, you're right. It's not a convertible, Jeremy. I I hear you. I just want you to take a look at this car. Okay. All right. Because would driving this car and, and the fun that I believe that it will provide, will that override convertible? Or is this more mm, just mm. we've got to have the cruiser mobile top down kind of thing? If, if okay. so, get a Boxster okay. yeah. and we're done. Mm. But the Veloster N starts at 26.9 for the standard, 250 horsepower. But if you want the you know 275 horsepower, they still start at 29. Mm. I mm. think both are still within your budget, at least worth a drive. At least okay. worth a, okay. huh, okay, I've driven it. Maybe I don't like it. Fine. Great. I, I'm i just putting that out there for you. Sure, sure, sure. Thinking along those lines. And I think the new Veloster is now in a category where it's not just for a particular age group. Yeah, okay. All I right. think it's an, a genuine enthusiast car that any of us can consider. It's an enthusiast alternative. I yeah. see that. Okay. I like that. I like that you brought that up. Again, I have to say it. I, I, you know I like the 86. I still don't think it's right for you. I think I, I want to get you into the exact opposite of that big 350. Let's go rear-wheel drive, <laughs> yeah. not a lot of money, mm-hmm. convertible, or at least removable top. I sure. really want you in that world. Sure. And as a result, I think, look, you could shop VET. You could shop C5 or C6 VET. The, the key to the Corvette of those two eras is get the highest performance one you can. You'll be the happiest. But those interiors are not aging well. Now, they do have the removable target target piece top, which is cool, which is cool. But um, I think I think a couple of my favorites, I love you get the idea of you getting a Boxster. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I would say: shop Boxsters at twenty grand, and you've got a budget of up to thirty. Shop Boxsters at twenty grand, maybe twenty-two. Put five grand aside in your head instantly. Not because I think the Boxster's unreliable, because I almost guarantee you, whatever Boxster you buy in the low twenties is just going to need stuff right away. Sure. So sure. put four or five grand into. Uh, I would say making it current. Just think of it in those terms. All of the maintenance it currently needs, the up-to-speed cost, any, let's say. Any things that you're Whatever not sure of, just go get it done. Tires. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay, that needs a big service. Whatever it is, just, sure. just plan on spending four to $5,000 on top of the cost of the car the minute you get it and consider it up-to-speed costs 
and then just enjoy. That car's just going to run. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. What I don't want you to do is to buy one at the low 20s and then be surprised for the next six months to a year of it needed this and then it needed that. Just right. buy it and do right. a bunch of stuff instantly. So that's the way I would shop a Boxster. I have two others. You looked at Miatas. I think the Miata for you, actually, I'm going to save you some money. Get the third gen. Get the NC Power Retractable Hardtop. Yeah. It's a possibility. They're out yeah. there. You can get them. The nicest one on the planet is going to be between 15 and 20 grand. You've got money left over. I don't want you to put a bunch of money into something that is essentially an experiment. You're experimenting with a fun car. So get a third-gen power retractable hardtop. You've got the best of all worlds. I saw one of those, a, a red one, in gorgeous shape in L.A. this past week. It's just I just like that car. It's just a good-looking car, mm-hmm. top, up, yeah. or down. Yeah. Do that. And then my wild card for you, you can get them stupid cheap. And you could just enjoy and not worry about it. Pontiac Solstice. Think so? I mean, if, we're if going back if pretty it's far. Just, if it's just fun car, sure. Why not? That's not, not going to be any older than the the – C6 Corvette or the or the I mean the Boxster the C6 Corvette the NC Miata they're all in that you know 2007 to 2010 range ultimately is what we're shopping so why not look at a Solstice or the Saturn Sky try to get mm-hmm. the turbo one they're they're more powerful better to drive but we drove the base one and it was surprisingly good look it doesn't have a nice interior but it's a great looking car and the design has aged well and they are cheap and they're cheap to run if you're buying a convertible to have a convertible that should be on the list. You know, speaking of turbo and Miata, yeah. what about the Fiat 124 Spider? The Fiat. I, I think there's what about a, one of those. I think there's a judgment call on styling. Does he prefer it over the current ND? I mm-hmm. personally prefer the ND. Does he pre- cur- I know you prefer do. it over I the current Miata? The Fiat. I know you do. Yeah, yeah, we don't agree there. But so, so there's that. And then what can he get for his budget? Can he get one that's a year or so old that's running 25 mm-hmm. grand? Probably. I'm just wondering. And again, as Todd said, that's a styling choice, Jeremy. But totally, yeah. You know, turbocharged engine, a little mm-hmm. bit different. It makes yeah. its power a little bit differently. It does, for sure. And, uh, you know, the interior is different. And, yeah, if you find one, th- the interior is different because it has a Fiat badge. The interior is well, not different. Well, it has a Fiat badge right. in the steering wheel. Fair the enough. The exterior, Fair I will enough. give you, is different. The engine is also different. Fair the rest enough. of it Fair is enough. a Miata. Yeah. All right. All right. Well,. Just another one, putting that out there as a consideration. Jeremy, thank you so much for writing. Again, if you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, and we love hearing from you guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, again, if you're a month out, two months, three months, somewhere in there, I think it's perfect for you to write in. If yes. you're needing a car tomorrow, there's no guarantees. We're going <laughs> to get to week, it right away. I don't think we're going to turn it around <laughs> that fast. But we love how many yeah. of you write in, and we do, we do read them all, and we do our best to get to as many of them as we can. Yeah, thank you, guys. We will take a quick break. We'll be back. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, You can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. AutoTempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. 
So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. We're back uh, talking about uh, Pat's question here in Los Angeles. He wrote in and he said, look, I'm an enthusiast. I'm a cheapskate, and uh, I'm trying to get a house. So these are the realities of life. And he makes guitars, by yes, the way, Jeremy. He, he does. makes guitars. He does, which is very cool. Uh, what I also like about this story is the fact that his wife kind of made him into more of a car guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. She taught him manual transmission and encouraged him to have the car he has right now, which is a Mark Seven uh, Golf Launch Edition with five-speed manual. And... Um, yeah, which is really cool. And he actually got rid of his uh, Mark Six at her request, DSG, and went to a Mark Seven with a proper manual transmission. So they're a manual transmission golf family, but the lease on his Mark Seven is coming due. And the 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 main question here is: Do I buy this car? or Do I go crazy and get something else? Yeah, and and speaking of something else, so they're in LA with you know the parking, the traffic, and all of you want something hootable mm-hmm. because deep down he's a sports car guy, desperate for. Sports car guy, desperate for rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. and keeps keeps thinking he needs to get a cheap, used Ford Ranger in the short term to squirrel away cash, save for the house, and then save for the weekend. You know, what is that cool car going to be in the future? That is a possibility. I have thoughts on that approach. He says the truck would be great from a business standpoint for shop runs, things like that. It would be, mm-hmm. you know, very useful for his business. But his wife doesn't want him to get a truck. She thinks they're hideous. Bravo. And says he's going to hate it and complain until he gets a real car. <laughs> and he acknowledges in the email, this is, this she is might be such, right. This is such a marriage. This is such a marriage where you get out ahead of your spouse with like, look, I don't want you to do that because to be honest with you, I don't want to hear you complain by saying all of the following things. That, that By the way, that conversation happens on both sides of a marriage. Your spouse comes in Funny. with, I'm going to do blank. And you go, you know... Here's how that's going to play out. Now you got to be really careful. They talk about room full of rakes. That's like a hallway full of rakes, and you're and you're and you're coming in at a sprint. So it's you less about be, a car debate, more about you got to be real careful how you come into that conversation. But but if you can find your spouse in the right mood, and my wife's done it to me. I've done it to her, where they can be like. <laughs> Let me lay out for you how I think this goes down. <laughs> Let me whiteboard it out. Let me see if if, if my guesstimation and, – and what's really funny is – and, and it, again, it's happened in my marriage. I've seen it happen in others. When you really get nailed on this, you kind of want to be a pouty teenager about it. I'm not that way <laughs> because you really know I'm exactly that way. <laughs> I mean, are there so. bar graphs and charts involved with you know bubble charts? Not necessarily. It's typically just a conversation conclusion. of just – Look, you're going to do that, and you're going to end up hating it, which I love that your wife has been like, you're going to get a truck, and I'm going to hear complaints about the truck until you get rid of the darn truck. Awesome. All right. Well, right now, they nearly have the same commute. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, her exit's four miles further up the road. So theoretically, they could relinquish his car and Mm -hmm. carpool, which he hates the thought of because he has to get up early. Yes. I hear you. I'm not a morning person. Well, in L.A. is a car town. You're going to be sitting in traffic. I don't care what hour of the day traffic will happen. It's it's no longer at a, the windows of time. It's did you enter the freeway? Did you, did you leave? Did you leave your house? Did you get in traffic? a car? Yeah, exactly. And and here's the thing: L.A. is such a car based town that you're going to want to have your own. If you're used to your own mobility, you're going to want to have your own mobility. I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the problems continue because, you know, he loved her dad, Scirocco, they could never have. And mm-hmm. they envy his 135IM hatch that they also can't have. And then, you know, when <laughs> they visited. Because they're European-only cars. Yeah, because she's, she's from Germany. Yeah, and he she's... goes to Germany. He's like, look at all these cars I can't exactly. have. Yeah. He says, she's from East Germany. His father-in-law rented them a Golf R to go top out on the Autobahn. Which is lovely. That's a fantastic father-in-law relationship, by the way. Congrats to him. Yeah. Well, they even got him a track day experience for Christmas a couple of years ago and said he drove a Cayman GTS that has haunted him to this day, even after driving a Gallardo right after that. I can see it. There's great balance there. Totally. So, should he buy out the Mark Seven, mm-hmm. which he loves? He's yeah. got some road rash, and you know he's got to essentially buy out that other half. He'd be paying for half of it, yeah. Or should he spend under ten grand for a used pickup, which isn't going to happen? Yeah. Or should he save for something aspirational? Or should he just, you know, a Colorado, a Civic, another Golf? Or should he just hang on and dream of a bright future? Here's my concern. Look, again, uh, we say it almost every podcast because it comes up every podcast. Pat, this is not a financial uh, podcast. This is not good <laughs> financial advice. Money. We uh, we are helping you with the disease and uh-huh. how to embrace it and not how to spend your money wisely. But having said that, here's my concern. And I, I, I look, I love being a homeowner. I was never able to have a home in L.A. If you can get one in L.A., phenomenal for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think having a home is great. The difference, though, is – and everybody would say this – Oh, look, that needs to be fixed now. This is just mm-hmm. home ownership. Uh, and even if it's not fixed, it's just, I really ought to maintain fill in the blank. Okay? <laughs> hey, so my disposal just froze shut. It wouldn't totally spin just because it rusted shut. I, a year I ago, a, a rear ago, year ago, you put an entire back deck on your house because the well, other one was rotting its way off the back it, of the house. It actually fell off. Like parts of the railing just fell down. I and thought, this you is know what? just mm. this is just the reality of home ownership. My concern for you, Pat, is if you get this pickup or this, I, I will just put it this way, a stopgap car, because you believe that will help you get into a home and then you can get the fun car. I don't think that scenario happens for a long time because I think once you get into the home, you're going to be that that extra money uh, quotes that never happens. Extra, that money. extra money. Seriously, what is what is that? Extra money? That you are imagining going to a fun car is always going to be allocated to something that keeps you in this home you love. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing mm. wrong with that. But my mm. point is, I think that fun car just keeps getting pushed further and further down the road because the house now needs. Whatever it is, whatever it is. So my recommendation for you is let's get rid of this golf. Let's get you an inexpensive fun car that isn't blowing out the the budget so that hopefully you can have this for a while, still do what you need. And this is also an experience for you where, look, you can have that car a year and you get into a home and you're like, okay, we got home expenses. We need to get rid of the fun car. Sure, That's a different conversation than I'm going to subjugate myself to something I don't really want because I think we're getting a house. I want to get you into something fun that's not expensive so you can try that, and then we'll see where life goes. All right. So where you're at, I mean, are you into fun cars? I mean, I think the truck is out, even though I hear you, especially from a home ownership standpoint. Yeah. If you get a little Ford Ranger and you're bombing around on that and you're doing the, the home improvement store runs and whatever that is, I could kind of see it. But, you know, you've got your wife and her opinion matters. and Completely, yeah. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> she doesn't want to argue about how much you hate your truck. I mean, that's the truth of it. Exactly. Uh, look, I, I feel like we're jumping off. This is the connection I felt to the last uh, the last car debate here. Why aren't we talking 86s and Corvettes? 
because I mean, he acknowledges both in his exactly. postscript here. He and, acknowledges the 86, if only it had more torque. But yeah, but you're using it as a commute car and you know, fun car. And look, it okay, fine. It, ha- it isn't a Golf R. I agree with you. It's not a GTI. This is true. But if you're looking for driving fun, there are a few things as pure as the 86 chassis. And then when you fold down the seats... You're, ba- you're building guitars, not houses. You'd be amazed how much space is in that trunk for you to just go get stuff for your business. And I think the Corvette does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're surprised sure. by the yeah. amount of usable space. The 86 has more than the Corvette, but both of them, genuine sports cars, rear-wheel drive, manual transmission. You can enjoy driving it when it's driving it. When you need to haul something, it's not terrible. You, you can actually haul – I think for your business, you can haul the stuff you need for your business in either of those cars. I went straight to those two using one of those as your small pickup. But, I mean, we had that cheap car episode in season four. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, yeah. that's a C4 yeah. Corvette. Now, that is obviously the version that is not beloved and the interior has not aged well. <laughs> but the one we were in yeah. was $5,000 and a nice C4 is ten. Yeah. Nice ones, actually. Yeah, they're and they're nine or ten, and they've got yeah. a big hatch, and you can get yourself like you have options of eighty sixes at fifteen grand. What's that golf going to cost you to get out of? Probably between ten and fifteen to get out of it. So I think this is a legitimate budget area. You're talking about less than ten for a pickup. Let's just stay at ten ish, ten to twelve, thirteen. Get a, get one of those fun cars. I have other thoughts for you that are more, I guess, utilitarian and normal. But I really want to kind of push you on that and say, why not consider this? Look, uh, Pat, from your your list here in the postscript, you're talking about Mustang GTs and RX-7s and even the RF Miata. I do think the Miata should be a consideration. The RF, probably not. You said you're six foot one, but a normal Miata or mm. like we were talking about, the Fiat 124, just fun. They're, they might be a little bit too much on the budget side there. We don't know exactly quite where your budget's at, but... I think they're, those are all in the sweet spot, mm-hmm, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I actually had this brain flash about Fiat 500 Abarts, but they're not okay. rear-wheel rear wheel drive. True, I just thought true, from true. A, you know, an L.A. commute, zip in and out of traffic, yeah, yeah, yeah. bombing around, they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But again, not rear-wheel drive, not really the sweet spot, and plus you're coming out of the golf and you've already had the hatch. And, true, you know, true, true, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm Interestingly, I'm with you. I I want you to have something very inexpensive, very rudimentary, and very sports car like the mm-hmm. rear wheel drive. And so we're at 86s, we're at Corvettes, and power doesn't matter. It really doesn't, especially for LA. Mm-hmm. You know, plus you can go ring it out on so many canyon roads to the yes, west of you. So many. And again, you know, from a tracking standpoint, yeah, you'd want power, but not around there. I, I think you'll be just fine. I hear that. I, I am going to go, look, if you said, but hang on, I need to carry more than that. If you're saying to me, Pat, no, I really, the pickup thing is starting to haunt me. I need I need space. I have two more usable ideas for you. I okay. prefer you in sports cars, but I do have two cheap hatches I thought of for you that I think are both more fun than the Golf. Okay. 92X, Saab 92X, the Sabaru. <laughs> Those are under 10 yeah, grand. You get the yeah. arrow with the turbo. That is a, a good hatch with personality and a good-sized hatch in the back. And then I went even further toward wildcard. I tried to think, what's pickup but yet fun sports car what how can i merge those two and i landed here and i ha- don't recommend this car often but i think it might work for you pat if you say to me i really want utility but i want fun 
What about an early 2000s Subaru Forester? Those are the boxy-looking ones that aren't that big, but they're boxy. Here's Hmm. why I bring it up. Hmm. Because that generation of Forester was a WRX under the body panels. And so many guys took those without much effort with a tune and some parts and turned it into an STI wearing a Forester body. That is fairly popular. You could yes, get that pretty yes. inexpensively and have, I mean, it's a box. It's a, it's a what-do-you-want-to-haul box. It is. It, and then, yeah, and then yeah. if you want to make it crazier, it, you can make it crazier. And it's reliable and it's cheap. So if you want to go utility, those are my two thoughts for you. And I kind of like that Forester for you if you want to go that route. But I would rather you were in a rear-wheel drive sports car. Embrace it now. Do it cheap and see how it fits your life. Yeah. I mean, now we're talking, you know, super legacy spec Bs and yeah, you know, but that see that era. Yes, but but that I, guess. I feel like that doesn't have any more usable space than the '86 does. Whereas the Forester, I'm like, okay, you want a big shipping crate box, but yet you still want some fun Forester. Forester sure. gets that done. <laughs> it's a pickup truck hit a sports car and made the Forester. Kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Pat, we wish you the best. And, you know, Jeremy, if you're interested in a custom guitar, we're happy to connect you guys via email. Just let me know. Very good. I like that. It may not be pink slips, but we're getting guitar sold. That's very good. Some kind of connection That's excellent. Really good. Really good. All right. Jump into questions. There's a couple of you, Aurelio Duarte and Ian Dara, asking about blacked out lights. Mm. Interestingly, separately on Facebook... First of all, Aurelio is asking about this blacked out trend of car wheels, lights, and trim. Is this is this going to be a long time or is it short-lived? Mm-hmm. He said he's heard millennials say they don't like chrome. Well, my dad doesn't like chrome, and I'm pretty sure he's not a millennial. Um, yeah, You're, you you only like chrome now and then. You you have a uh, you have a tipping point on chrome. You like chrome, and then the minute they cross that line, the whole car is written off. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like good chrome, good chrome, good chrome. Forget it. I'm I mean, out. Mostly, I'm on the long, along the lines of like a hairline brush stainless or a polished aluminum yeah. or something that isn't such bright yes. hard chrome. Yes, I, I prefer just the subtle, sophisticated, mm. and a polished nickel. Or yeah, a, but, you know, but you something. but you enjoy the bright work. But it's funny to watch the tipping point happen. Where, where, where as soon as they cross that line, you're done. You're just done. <laughs> All right, so Ian is also asking about the aesthetic motivation for aftermarket blacked-out taillights. Why do they look so bad? And more significantly, why do so many Murcieligos have them? <laughs> well, it's it's a particular look. It's, you know, the, the murdered-out, blacked-out kind of look. It's mm-hmm. it's very much, you know, you're going for a particular sort of aggressive, menacing, mean type of look. Yeah. But what I'm finding, like on the, I'll give the GTS trim or the uh, BMW 335iS, okay, okay, used black chrome extensively to to differentiate a special edition or a special model, true, true, true yeah, that made it, I think, far more sportier mm-hmm. by doing that. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the blacked out lights because, well, it actually makes your taillights dimmer. There it, is that, yes. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't know, don't I, we need lights? I, I want people to see me when I'm braking. So lights are on there for a reason. Yeah. Like, is is your brake lights on or is this your ta- Oh, it's your taillights. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I only saw you because of your flame-spurting center exhaust because your taillights were black. <laughs> exactly. They're yeah. blacked out. I prefer to be seen. But, you know, the uh, the car wheels, I'm not so much. I like a sophisticated charcoal, titanium, something like that. Mm-hmm. But for the blacked-out trim, I actually prefer it, even though you could argue that it looks cheaper, but that's why they're going more of a black chrome or a, a bit a of a polished black. Yeah. black. Okay. Yeah. Satin, I like. Satin finish is great. So okay. 
interestingly, you're, you're bringing up the, the decisions that the color and trim people are dealing with on a daily mm-hmm. basis to differentiate trim levels and project a certain image about, you know, using Porsches, the GTS trim. So it's yeah. not, you know, the luxury indicates more of the, the flashy, bright work. You know, BMW 7 Series don't have a lot, but just enough to say, aha, that's, you know, a little bit flashier kind of thing. Whereas the, the backed off sportier models, you're going to see zero chrome or zero mm-hmm. you know polished anything so again it it's depends on the model for sure i think uh car wheels are still going to be around here and there and admittedly it does look okay on some cars yeah but i'm i'm hoping that we continually get away from at least the lights and the wheels blacked out I'm, trim i'm I mean, okay with i have black wheels that, that wasn't my choice but i had black wheels on the lancer and I am very mixed about it. I would never have done it myself. I'm actually okay with the look on the Lancer, though I really wish I had not chrome, but some silver wheels back. And ho- hopefully, I'll be getting some mm-hmm. summer wheels that look like I want. But for the for the winter wheels, by the way, also they were that uh, uh, dip your car stuff. They were like the oh yeah, the spray it on. To come off a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, they weren't done well to begin with. Yeah. Actually, I heard the funniest trick is from uh, Cox Auto here locally that does a lot of our car maintenance, and they're phenomenal guys. So shout out to them. They said to me the funniest one that they see. Okay. Where you have that, I forget, why can't I think of the name? But it, it's the spray on, it's the spray on vinyl, right? Okay. That's what we're talking about. All right, about. all right. The one that they see, they see it a lot on truck owners. They will spray that stuff on their wheels right over the wheel weights. What? So then when they bring their wheels in to get their wheels <laughs> oh, balanced, the Cox has to take the wheel weights off, which obviously peels the vinyl off of that section, and they have to put the weights somewhere else and screw up the vinyl there. And so they, now it leaves. broken the seal. It leaves, and it doesn't look right oh, because they no. sprayed right – because it's the do-it-yourself thing, right? Anyway, so I have that – now not over the wheel weights, but I have that done on, on the Lancer, and I'm not a huge fan of the black. But I think one of the reasons that it happens with taillights a lot, and I used to see this a lot on the, the 86 chassis when it first came out. It's a fairly inexpensive way to customize your ride. You buy yeah, the aftermarket yeah. lights versus the body kit or the whatever. And if you get to really expensive stuff like the Lamborghinis and things, doing more things to that becomes wickedly expensive. Sure. But lights, you can unscrew, put new ones on, and now your car's yours. I mean, you see parts of lights that are smoked, which yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually kind of has a good look. And, can and to be. be honest, can be, yeah. the, the GTS, the, the Cayman that I've got, has mm. parts of it that are kind of a little bit darker, but yeah, they're still yeah, yeah. light up very brightly. <laughs> they're still good enough for safety, which important. is key. Yeah, very sure. While we're on lights, Ted Adam Green on Facebook said, best way to cover headlights to protect against wear, appearance, and functionality. Uh, functionality. I actually think it's just the expel stuff. You can actually expel cover your lights. Yep. It's Which obviously to peels back them. off. If that yellows or whatever, you can peel it back off. But it also is somewhat self-healing. We've got a piece coming out where, where XBell was one of the people that sponsored and helped us get it done, which is very cool. Plus, and that happened because you and I both are fans. Absolutely. I have it on the front of the Lancer. And honestly, the Lancer survived this winter in spite of this really hardcore winter. Survived the it still winter. hasn't gone away. Much better than it ever should have because the front of it is all done in the x and you did your whole Cayman. It looks great. But I didn't hear until recently that they can actually do pre-cut pieces pretty easily and just do your lights. And I just thought, that's genius. Yeah, because they've got the templates, and yeah. they're usually just a, a plotter cut yeah. with, with the knife, and it'll cut out the shape, and mm-hmm. they peel it off, and it's already the pre-cut exact shape that's very easy to, to stick on. Yeah, and then if it gets beat up, you can get it replaced. It's easy, easy. 
question from Fraser Mitchell, design question. Do designers design the facelift of cars at the same time as the first face, the original car, or does that come later once the design is complete? I would say both. It can happen both ways. Generally not. Generally it's down the road. Car companies can resurrect a design that maybe was sort of second place, but there were still some cool themes that they liked and they thought, all right, for the second generation, that might be a better thing. We're introducing the car that looks like this, but you know what? Down the road, that's that's a bit more of an aggressive mm, shape keep that, that in mind. you know, where we want to go with the car. Mm, mm. But then think about this. As the second generation comes around, maybe the hard points, you know, those can't change, but you have more leeway. Mm. Oh, you know what? Now mm-hmm. we've gotten permission mm-hmm. to restamp the hood and some sure, of the fenders sure, can change sure. because the budget changed. The car was a bestseller and oh, it yeah. actually yeah, yeah. is kind of tired and people are tired of it. They need a little bit fresher look. We can't just do the, the front urethane and maybe the front headlights. We've got to do more of it. So we're spending a little bit more money on the refresh, mm-hmm. which means... Guys, we need to spend more time on the design and revisit, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or or do something completely different. So therefore, you know, we've got to actually do it the second time around. Maybe the car has a shelf life long enough, like a 370Z, where it sat on showroom <laughs> can't floors. Believe it's there's a decade here. between the two. <laughs> yeah. 2009. Shouldn't this be refreshed by now? <laughs> you can buy the exact same car, and you'd think, uh, where where's the refresh? Where where is it? By now, we need an entirely new car. I feel like we need a new chassis, new yes, chassis dynamics. Do. Yes, we do. Not just a refresh, but, you know, it just kind of depends on the model, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, family sedan, whatever mm-hmm. that is. So mm-hmm. for that reason, it kind of depends on the leeway and the budget that you've got. Usually the roof doesn't change. Usually the hood, eh, depending, hoods are fairly inexpensive to retool. Fenders usually stay the same, but maybe you got more of a budget this time around. Uh, let's see. Add the man's on. Uh, I probably got that wrong on Facebook. Is the Jeep Wrangler an enthusiast vehicle? I say yes. I say yes. Yeah. It is in the same way that the Ford Raptor is an enthusiast vehicle. If, if you're buying it because you are, you're buying it as a connoisseur, not as a badging exercise. It's like, well, I've always wanted whatever. You're buying it because you <laughs> intend to use it as in as it's meant to be used. I think yes. Mm-hmm. And and. But I will also say this. I've mentioned this before, and I want to say it here again. You can be a car enthusiast no matter what you drive. You can drive the world. You can drive. Look, I'm just going to go there. You can drive a Mitsubishi Mirage in that terrible pinky purple nail polish cover that they have and still be a car enthusiast. But for whatever reason, you can't drive something better. But you dream to and you like to drive. You care about your car. Your car does not define you as a car enthusiast. Hopefully you are trying to get out of other things. If you are a person who you drive a known not good dynamic car and you think its dynamics are awesome, we might have to have a talk. But 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 <laughs> but you can be a car enthusiast and drive anything. But I think this the specialty cars like the Wrangler, like the Raptor, these things that are designed to be very good off road, but they're not that good on road. You're still being a specialty guy. You're being an enthusiast for a certain kind of driving. So why not? Man, do I? I just bought it for the tire noise. Just so you know, it's just. <laughs> I bought it for the tire noise. <laughs> no, Here's actually, one of my genuine fears, and I think it's going to be true. Oh no! I think one of the reasons they put the big loud exhaust on my Lancer is because I think when the exhaust is quiet, you hear how much wind noise there is. Seriously, I think it's a wind and tire noise problem. Seriously? I think that's one of the reasons Aww. they got the overwhelming exhaust. That car, look, the car is not an expensive car. It's going to have wind and tire noise, especially got winters on it right now. It's going to have wind and tire noise when the when the exhaust 
calms down. But the exhaust is just is overpowering. There was actually – I've joked with you before, but I have to say it now publicly. There were comments when I dropped my Lancer piece where I made the comment about a couple of times where I need to change the exhaust. And I'm, I genuinely am working on it. Uh, I need to change the exhaust. And somebody, a couple of people said, well, if it's too loud, you're too old. I have your answer. Okay. My nine-year-old gets in the car and looks at me and goes, Dad – when are you going to change this exhaust? It's really here loud back here. So you know what? You're not – sorry. It, it, clearly, it's a loud exhaust. My nine-year-old is annoyed. So, And he's a car guy. <laughs> so anyway, and his ears are fresh. So there you go. Awesome. All right. So there's an interesting question from Sam Householder here, Instagram. Which models are on the Mount Rushmore of BMW vehicles? <laughs> Good luck here. Okay. Have you got this? I, I think I do. Okay. I'm going to call it the BMW 507. Okay. Back in the day, the M1. All right. The 1M. Hmm. And the E30 M3. That is a good list. That is a good I list. I think those are the tops. There's there's other good ones. Don't get me wrong. You can yeah, argue for okay. the E39 right. M5. You can argue for Formula One derived V10s. You could argue the i8. You could argue the although. I, it, there's a that's a watershed moment at BMW. Sure, sure. I can see that. And they're aging very well. They actually are. They're cool. They're turning my head they're the more really I see cool. them, and I think yeah, and they're coming down in that's price, a which is scary. Quote unquote old car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But doesn't look it at all. It's no. aging really, really well. Interesting to see where those go. But I, I think those are where I'm at for right now. Uh, RC Lowe's on Instagram says, "I just went back and listened to the Smoking Tire podcast. Uh, this, I'm, re, I'm quoting your your write up here. Matt Farah's got quite a potty mouth, potty mouth apparently, uh, but you didn't hear that from us." Um, let, let me try to speak to this. Look, we try really hard to be a family-friendly podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of inappropriate things said when we're off the air. <laughs> uh, many of you have hung out with us on uh, on actual hangouts and meetups and heard that we do occasionally cuss. We have been known to cuss. It does happen. You can watch our pilgrimage film, which is very stream of consciousness, and it is not really appropriate for children uh because no. some of the things i mean look it's it's not there's not nothing terrible that goes on but no, just no no we're, we're tracking and we say some things and also tom is with us and tom sounds like he's in a brooklyn mob film all the time <laughs> constantly yes, so yes. so we're also kind of making fun of that so it does happen but generally paul and i are kind of for lack of a better way to put it we're kind of conditioned that when we're being recorded we want to keep it something that you could hear with your kids so even Absolutely. on Matt Ferris' podcast, even though we've been on there three or four times, and I know we've both slipped, but generally, even on Matt Ferris' podcast, we're sitting in front of a microphone. We know we're being recorded. We know mm-hmm. we need to carry on what we do, and so that's why we are less so when we're being recorded, even though <clears throat> when we're not being recorded, it sometimes is not that friendly. Look, it, it slips, but I maintain that Jerry Seinfeld has made a monster career out of not doing that. True. He was never foul or crass, and I think it's a crutch, personally. Sure, we we slip. You bang your knee. You you're frustrated with your yeah. day. Whatever. Sure, I, there's plenty of funny, filthy perfect. comedians. There's plenty. There of that, are. There for are. Sure. But yeah. he has proven the model, and yeah. there there yeah, are yeah. others like him that you can be really funny without being crass. And I think it's it can be used as a crutch in a lot of cases yes. where you're not descriptive enough or use uh, your I language yeah. good enough. Okay. to be able to do that. So I I look at it like you said from both perspectives, but you know. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? <laughs> Wait when the mic gets turned off. <laughs> anyway, no, that's terrible. Spiky Forever Instagram asks about the piano glossy black interiors, which manufacturers started this trend. 
Uh, I want to blame Cadillac, but I I could be persuaded in another. Direction. I feel like the whole industry in mass went. Here's a good idea, and, yeah. we, and we went. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you do that? <laughs> He's asking why was this material chosen from a design perspective? Well, to sell cars and to show them because when they're shiny and new, and you know, like again, raccoons holding onto a piece of tin foil, and you can't let go. It's, <laughs> it's shiny. shiny. And, uh, it's a dust fingerprint scratch magnet. Yes, it looks horrible when the cars age. I agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing less of it used in cars and yeah, more sparing. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's. I think it adds some some good bright work and breakup of surfaces, but it needs to be used on things that are not touched. Mm-hmm. We it touch can, everything. It can be luxurious without going to chrome. It is a great alternative, mm-hmm. seemingly futuristic luxury look. But the problem was, most of the time it got placed somewhere where you're going to touch that. Yeah. If it's up higher on the instrument panel, it's just used sparingly in some trim areas that you're never really going to touch. Accent pieces are fine. That will stay kind of clean and maybe just a you know, light or thick coating of dust, depending on where you live. <laughs> They'll still... I think it's worse if it's fingerprinted and it's terrible. used and it's terrible. You know, there's kid goo stuck to it or yes. whatever. It just it yes. doesn't look so good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I, I want to blame Cadillac, but I could be wrong. Uh, R3 Philippe on uh, on Instagram says, Our thoughts on the 2019 Toyota Supra being sold for over $2.1 at Scottsdale Barrett-Jackson auction. Does this set the bar for future Supras? No. And here's why. <laughs> All right, you cannot right. judge what's going to happen to the value of a car based on what the first one sells for at auction. And here's why. I find this this look. I understand this what I'm about to say intellectually, but it is so far out of my financial reality that I have trouble making my brain wrap around it. But here is the reality: most of the time, the guys often, not always, the guys often that are buying those first one-off cars for the millions of dollars, the money is going to a charity, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're doing yeah. it as a tax write-off. They don't. They, they like the car. They want the car. They might turn. If there's been cases where those cars have then turned around and been resold. The guy that's bidding on that car is probably on the phone with his CPA while he does it. He's doing it because it is going to a charity, not to somebody's pocket, and he can use that as a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, those go for crazy prices because it's going to going to charity and that's the benefit it has nothing to do with the actual market value of car number one yeah exactly all right just a few more here interesting question from col sanders colonel sanders on uh instagram asking about performance numbers for the emergency lane change maneuver known as the moose test Mm. he said the porsche 911 always seems to score very well and he says this seems surprising because of 911's slow and fast out cornering style to be honest i've found the opposite to be true not about the test itself but i feel like the 911 is very much a fast in slow out kind of car because Mm. all the weight is sitting behind you so you can come in and break harder and later in a straight line than most other cars because the weight of that engine is going to keep your tail down. Yeah, but you can get on the power really early, too, if you do it right. You can. It, it depends on driving skill and style. Yeah. But I've, I've found generally you can brake harder and later with a 911 because you know your rears are going to stay planted generally sooner. Just don't turn and brake. 
you just <laughs> you, you want to be a, a neutral throttle through the corner, and then you're not hard on it because that's when the car will swap ends, or the back end will come around to see what the front end's doing. Please don't turn and brake. So I, I think it's it's stable, but it can be under hard acceleration braking. You just you drive 911s very differently than other cars, I would say. You, you can hone them. You can drift them. People should, do. Should we touch um, Matthew Emmons' uh, track daily crush question? Did you see this? Should we touch this? All right. Go ahead. He's doing it with people. Oh, we, we, we've are you going to touch We've this? done it with people. I, are I, you, are I, you? I don't know. I don't I'm know. There's, sure there's no good news there, actually. But I, I don't think so either. I'm just going to acknowledge that it exists. It's funny. It made me laugh. But I, I don't know that track daily crush with types of people mm-hmm. is something that we can get into without it being. It's like a room of rakes and hand grenades. It's all that, bad. That is no good. It's I all agree. bad. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, let's see. I've got another couple of questions. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Geese One RBM with rise in CUVs and CUVs and SUVs, electric cars, and autonomy. Are traditional motorsports still a large factor in the development of road cars? Mm. Really, mm. at the top end, I think Formula E is going to see more battery development and provide a lot more road car kind of input. Sure, Formula sure, sure. One certainly does. Indy cars are very different because they're really designed for entertainment, as are NASCAR cars. Yeah, 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 big time. It's very much designed for entertainment. So I think there will still be quite a bit of development. I don't think autonomy is upon us nearly as soon as people think it is. I, I no, don't. No, no, I agree with that. And, you know, with CUVs and SUVs, I think there will still be a balance. And I think motorsports is still going to be hugely popular. I read an article, this this kind of gets me there, I read an article recently where there was a, some sort of futurist website was asking a bunch of kind of future thinkers, what do you think is going to be very different than we currently expect in the next 25 years? Like everybody thinks, oh, it's going to go this way, and you mm-hmm. think it's going to go the other. Yeah. And I, I don't have it in front of me, and I'm sorry that I don't, but, but one of them was a female futurist who said she thinks that autonomous Fully self-driven pods are not going to be successful okay. because the general public is not going to be comfortable enough. She was – hang on. Let me jump further. She was talking about it as shared pods. Okay. Okay. That she thinks that is never going to go anywhere because people, specifically marginalized people and more specifically women, are not going to feel comfortable – in a community setting without a quote unquote person of authority. Because when you ride a train or you sit on a bus, the driver, I'm putting it in air quotes, you can't see, is kind of in charge. They are the authority figure. Mm. If you remove them from the social situation, it's just a free for all, theoretically. This was an interesting thought she had that so I hadn't it's like even thought this about. Egg of anarchy going around. I, there it is. Egg of anarchy. That is really. <laughs> no, but she brought up an interesting point because she. she talked about the fact that from there is a unspoken social setting that whoever is driving is in charge when you remove the driver no one's in charge in the social setting so her huh. her theory and i thought i'm not saying i'm not following on either side of it i thought it was an interesting perspective i hadn't heard her theory is that she thinks that community like your bus with no driver is a no-go People are not going to like that. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. Who knows where it goes. There's, but I, there's but more I was, to explore there, I think. I was struck by her commentary because she was just saying, as a woman, here's my take, which I thought was fascinating um, because you know we're all 
everything in the press is, well, we're all going to be on autonomous pods in five years. Yeah. Which, by the way, newsflash, no, we're not. But, not going to happen. But beyond that, 25, 50 years, mm-hmm. how does the ability of autonomy – that's the other thing. The technology of autonomy is different than the acceptance of autonomy. There's not one and the same. Very much so. Waymo's proved it can be done. That doesn't mean we're all doing it or are excited. There's other studies that are happening right now where the general public is saying – it's like it's like two-thirds or three-quarters of people are saying – they aren't interested in trusting an autonomous car. The trust level is huge, so, and that's going to come over all time. All kinds of unknowns about this. Close. It's fascinating. It really is. All right, last question for me from Gary the Cycling Nerd. Paul, have you had people resent you for owning a Porsche? I'm glad you're covering this. I, I don't think so. If they do, they haven't told me or they haven't expressed it in any way. His dad wants a faster daily, but won't get a CPO, Macan, or Stelvio because as the head of his company, he feels like other employees would resent him for the badge, even if it costs less. So therefore, is it okay to look at the something like the Edge ST for a situation like this? Well, sure. I, I mean, as the head of company, you know, you're... <laughs> It depends on the company and it depends on, yeah. you know, you're yeah, taking yeah. clients around or, or, you know, that sort of thing. You can also have a fun car at home that other people don't necessarily need to know about. You could have the mm-hmm. weekend sports car and drive a, you know, say a Mazda CX-5. And totally. Fine with totally. it. Totally. I do get it about the, the image that it presents and mm-hmm. that people can very much be, yeah, resentful or vindictive or whatever that is and grumble under their breath about Oh, look at the thing he's driving, and, and totally. he didn't give me the raise or something. You know, it definitely happen. happens. It, there is a, there is a bad. Perce- I actually think the badge perception is worse away from car enthusiasts because I think we as I car agree. enthusiasts understand that you can get cars at a range of prices. Otherwise, you just see the badge as the expensive item, and you just think, "Oh, that means blank about this person." I think that definitely happens. We've we've heard many stories about people that are worried about the car they drive in front of their employees. You tell the story about your dad and trying to sell insurance when yeah. he was driving European cars, <laughs> yeah. but if he showed up in an expensive truck, nobody cared. Or if he flew in in exactly. his plane, they didn't care at all. They were he was one of the boys. Whole, even more expensive. We know a guy here. We heard a story once where there was a guy here. Who, all of his, a lot of his clients, his sponsors, were local car dealers, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. personally drives a Tesla. And most of the local tar- car dealers are against Tesla because they don't have to do dealerships. So whenever he went to meetings, he had to drive his pickup because if he yeah. pulled up to the meeting in his Tesla with his car dealer sponsors, it was a serious problem. That is an issue. I hate that it exists, but it does exist. I mean, I suspect that. Part of the reason we can now go buy $80,000 GMC Denali pickup trucks is because of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He shows up in a truck like that. Well, it's a pickup truck. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you spent $80,000 on it? <laughs> you know what you can buy for eighty grand? Used R8s, Caymans, yes, 911s. Yes. But you're right. It's it's the type of car. If it's a fast mm-hmm. sports car, then people unfortunately judge you one way or the other, and it yeah, just it, it happens. Exists. So I'm all for you know driving. If if he feels that way, I'm all for driving something very low key to work and having the fun car tucked away at home that only people who inquire and get into a lunch conversation and well oh you have something else too oh great and that's your fun car it stays at home and nobody ever sees it fine. But back to your specific question, though, I do have to say this. Have him buy a fun car that he drives on the side. Please don't tell me you bought an Edge ST because it is your alternative to a Macan. These, there is not right. an equal well, yes. sign between those two. There's just <laughs> exactly. not. 
All right, we will wrap things there. Massive thanks to all you guys for your great questions. Really appreciate it. Write to us with your debates. And don't forget the pilgrimage trip, which is now available mm-hmm. on everydaydriver.com. You go to the Adventures tab. You're cordially invited to come to Germany and Belgium with us in the fall of 2019. Save your pennies and sign up right away because uh, the registration will be closing in, a, what, another six weeks or so? Uh, it closes in early June, and uh, and registrations are going. We've got a few of you that are circling the trip. I encourage you to sign up now. I, Keep throwing questions at us. I was answering a question just today on our Discord through Patreon. I was answering a question just today about cars and what that means and, and could I get this car. And the sooner you sign up, the more we can lock in a specific kind of car, too, because that's exactly. changing at all times. So we'd exactly. love to have you with us. Thanks a bunch, guys. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>